It was a wild swing on Friday. First, the headline payroll number came out, plus 200,000. Everybody's, everything seemed to be just fine. Then all of a sudden, people started looking into the details. The household survey was an absolute train wreck. Huge decline in the number of employment, an absolute crash in the level of full-time jobs. It was the fourth, fourth worst on record. And actually, it was the third worst because the third worst was a statistical discrepancy. So huge decline in full-time job, huge decline in household employment, and then lost amidst all of that fuss, the ISM comes out with its services sector survey that was much weaker than anticipated. And in the details there, the employment number, get this, absolutely plunged all the way down to 43, by far the worst of this cycle so far. So even though we've been talking about recession and layoffs and all of these job cuts that are coming and they haven't happened till now, we keep seeing more and more evidence that they're still coming. Because even though this cycle may be long and elongated, it is still at the end of the day a cycle. And that cycle means it's going to keep playing out up until the economy either gets into that final stage of recession or we see convincing signs that it is actually going to achieve a soft landing. And that's largely the point we want to make here, right, Mr. Stephen Van Meter, that the economy has had ample opportunity in this elongated cycle to show us that it was going to hit the soft landing, that it was going to reverse course and start going back in the other direction. By other direction, I mean back toward the good side. You know, businesses that were starting to hire all over again, businesses that were spending more and investing more, inventories that were going higher. But instead, over these many months, we keep seeing slowly, slowly, slowly more and more deterioration to the point there. Now at the end of 2023, entering 2024, we're seeing some pretty grim labor market numbers too, which suggest everything keeps moving in the wrong direction, however slowly. Yeah, you're right, Jeff, because one of the issues I think here is everyone was just so keyed on the soft landing narrative. They were hopeful for a huge holiday season. We know that retailers desperate for this because their inventory levels were so high, but they believed it. They believed what the news told them, that people were going to come out and spend. So they hired up. They did all the right moves. And yet, as we see data coming in from the earnings reports, we continue to see one consistent trend sales were below expectations. And it's not just one company here, another one there, it's across the board. So the fact that we're seeing some weakness in the labor market really does actually validate exactly what we know is happening. There is a gradual, and I wanna be key with that word, gradual slowdown in the US economy. Now, a lot of people, as we were talking about before the show, wanna see a trap door underneath this thing. They're ready, they just say, okay, let's let this happen. Let's, you know, let's let the system break, the financial system go, equity market crash, I'm ready. But that's not how it happens. As you said, this is a cycle. Maybe it's an elongated one as it would be when we appear to see it now. And what have we noted? We've got, of course, manufacturing sector continuing to contract, laying off there. Everyone said, don't worry, don't worry, the services sector will pull us out. And then what do we get today? As you mentioned, a 43 print on the PMIs, that says services sector is gonna lay off. The household survey says, well, wait a minute, maybe the layoffs are already here. And even the participation rate is giving us some sort of an indicator that perhaps people that are on unemployment are so disenfranchised by the labor market that they've gone out and looked for work and they've given up. And these is all this is telling us is that yes, we're slowing down. 
Maybe we can achieve a soft landing, but based on what we're seeing right now, it, there's no real signs of it. That's part of the issue that we keep coming back to over and over again, is that for most of the public, and this is completely understandable, their view of the economy is some combination of GDP, the payroll report, the unemployment rate, and of course, the stock market. And so you look at all of those and everything looks absolutely fine, if not better than fine. Stocks obviously are soaring higher, record highs. We know all that. The uh, GDP number was 5% in the third quarter. Recession, that's a huge quarter. There was nothing wrong there. And of course, now we get the payroll report. The headline figure was better than 200,000, which before 2020, that was a good month. And then the last piece you just referenced, the unemployment rate stayed at 3.7%, if only because it is again reflecting the participation problem where people who get laid off of their job, assuming they did, according to the household survey, they don't become unemployed. They go into the non, not part of, they get thrown out of the labor force, right? Because they tell the government, I, I'm not even going to look for a job because there's no, no sense of doing it. So for most people in the public, they're thinking GDP, payrolls, unemployment, stock market, this soft landing, it's, it's guaranteed. And that's one of the challenges because, Jeff, if we look at the non-farm payroll report, and assuming that we believe the headline number, which of course, we don't have to believe it because we can go back and look at the last 11 reports. And what do we have? Downwardly revised numbers. Now, in an expanding economy, what you should see and what you do expect is a BLS to come out and say, hey, you know what? That report last month, well, we were wrong. In fact, it was better than we thought. The problem here is, can we even believe this 200,000 print? Is it even real? Because for all we know, next month it's going to be revised down to 150,000 or 125,000. We don't know. And that's the challenge here is because the trend, and that's what really matters here. You know, I know, again, everyone wants the economy just to blow apart, but it's the trend. It takes time. The bigger the economy, usually these runways are a lot longer until you get to that breaking point. But what we can see right now is based on the data is that, yes, things, the trend is likely getting worse. What we haven't seen this materialize is in the weekly unemployment claims. But if in the next couple of weeks we start to see those go up, well, it's telling us what's happened in December with this household survey. Well, it's probably right. That's part of the issue, too, right? Because for most people, they sit back and think, 200,000, 100,000, what's the difference? It's still positive, therefore it's no difference. So yeah, you're. I mean, the cumulative revisions in 2023, so far up through November, were almost 450,000, which is an enormous downward revision to jobs that we thought were gained that actually the government says, oh no, we didn't actually gain them. So I'm with you. There is no way, no way, no chance that December's 200,000 makes it past next month, let alone the second revision in February. I think it'll be 150 by then. But again, the point stands. Most people say, okay, so it's 150. What's the difference? They're waiting for a negative number, then a deep, deep, uh, more deep negative number. And what we're saying is that, well, we're getting some of those negative numbers and some of the early indications in the labor market statistics themselves. That's what the household survey is. And the reason most people don't pay attention to the household survey is simply because it moves around all over the place on a monthly basis. It was down big in December. It was up big in November. It was down in October. And people, well, how do you make sense of that? And you know how you make sense of that by looking at it a longer period of time. And so like the JOLTS number, for example, the level of hiring, according to JOLTS, has absolutely crashed in a way we only see during recession. 
So that says that American companies are no longer hiring anybody. So now we're just waiting for American companies that are no longer hiring anybody to look and say, okay, we have a bad business climate. So that's it's preventing us from hiring anybody. Do we need to go further and actually start letting people go? That's where we get the negative payroll reports. That's where we get the unemployment rate rising. But before we get to the negative payroll reports, before we get to the unemployment rate rising, we're going to see some questionable grim statistics in places like the household survey. So when we back up and look at the overall recession cycle picture, again, it's balance of evidence. It's, Steve, you're right. Most people like it's it's good one day and then everything is terrible the next day. No, it, you have lots of stuff that looks good and then a few things start to look bad. And then a few more things start to look bad. And then a few more things. That's where we are. We're at the point where the stuff that still looks good is a very small, very tiny list. And the stuff that's looking bad has gotten to be this this high. And as that that transformation takes place, we know that we're stuck in a cycle and we have to see it play out to the end. Yeah, Jeff, and but maybe this is just easily fixed. Maybe this is all according to Fed plan because you know when you talk about the labor market, so let's come back to this because this is really important. You, you mentioned that employers really don't want to hire right now and there's no reason to, they don't need to, but they also don't want to cut. They don't want to get rid of their existing labor force. But one thing they can do, one thing that we're going to be watching in the coming months is, do they continue to cut the hours because they're under pressure to give people wage increases because of inflation, which is fine. But there's one way they can offset it by saying, hey, you know what? Why don't you go home an hour early today or maybe two or take a half day tomorrow because we don't have the work for you. And that's something that we look at in these ISM reports and the regional Fed surveys for the backlog of work and the new orders. Because if you have a declining backlog, but you have a surging new order book, well, it's simple. You're not going to get rid of people. You might temporarily cut their hours until the new order book really builds up. But if you see the new orders going down and the backlogs going down, as we're seeing, well, at some point you have to cut hours. And then maybe if you're the employer, you say, hey, you know what? The Fed's going to come out and cut rates a couple of times. That's going to change everything. Demand's going to come back. So you hold on, you hold on until you can't. But I think that's the other side of the story here is there's so much belief in the Fed that maybe they did over tighten a little bit. And if they just pull back a little bit, maybe a couple cuts or so, maybe three or four, who knows what the magic number is, that all of a sudden the economy hits parity. And the next thing you know, it comes launching off of that. That's what I think people are hoping for. And then they look at the equity market and say, wow, the stock market must have this completely figured out. They want some cuts. The market knows if Fed just cuts the economy, booms, I'm going to get in at the top. And we know, of course, once the Fed starts to cut, it's usually not a good sign of where the economy is headed. Usually, Steve, you know, it's never a good It's never a good sign when the Fed starts to cut. And you know, you know who believes they over tightened? The Fed. They basically told us that in December because something changed between December 1st and December 13th when they met. And we talked about this a, a couple of our shows back where we were speculating about what made the Fed pivot. And it's likely that they had conversations, the Fed regional staffs and the presidents had conversations with bankers and big corporations in those local branches that those companies and those bankers said, things are looking pretty grim here. And that, that filters up to the FOMC. And the FOMC said, you know, maybe we need to start embracing the rate cuts and start thinking about lower rates because the stuff that we're getting, even if it's just anecdotes, we talked about the beige book. The beige book looked like it was in recession already. 
So the Fed was getting a lot of information that told them, hey, hold up here. Maybe the economy isn't heading towards a soft landing. And then along comes this other data behind it. Not that the Fed had the household survey in hand back in mid-December. They didn't need it. They were hearing it from the businesses themselves. And then the household surveys more than confirms the darkening assessment that they're getting from everyone that they're already talking to. So even if the Fed doesn't buy the recession, they're thinking, oh boy, the risk of something like that seems to have gone way up. And now we're seeing corroboration and evidence. And of course, what is it actually corroborating? It's corroborating what the bond markets have been telling us all along, that people just tuned it out because it's been going on for so long. Yeah. And what I love about this, Jeff, is how the Fed changed their tune. It was higher for longer, higher for longer. And boy, we're going to just keep raising rates until all of you listen and respond accordingly. And like you said, something changed in a 13 day period, which is staggering because, and of course, in the Fed's mind, that would take six months. I mean, there's no way they changed their mind. But Powell sold this brilliantly to everybody. He said, look, maybe we did over-tighten a little bit. We're not 100% sure, but we're kind of thinking that way. And now our models, which, of course, he never suggests what they actually are, mean that if we can just cut a little bit here at some point this year, everything magically just trims out. So in the off chance that we are wrong, which we're not telling you we are, but we might be, all we need to no, do they, is they say uncertainty. Uncertainty but, is really high here. So we can't say, I mean, that's basically what they're saying. Right. Let's just cut rates a few times. Next thing you know, the economy is right back on track. All of the slowdown was 100% according to plan. And now we need to just pull back off the reins a little bit. And you watch this thing run. I think they played it quite brilliantly. The problem is just because they talked up their move doesn't mean it's going to play out for them. And they're always late to it, right? By the time they realize they, the economy isn't heading toward the soft landing and they say, oh, maybe we need some rate cut insurance, they're already seeing the signs that the economy's gone too far. And I think that's what we're really saying here, that the Fed pivot is an indication that the Fed went, oh, boy, holy crap. This thing might have gotten away from us before we were ready for it, which is that happens every single cycle, which is why when you say you know, rate cuts are not a good thing, that's just when the Fed figures it out that the situation has gotten out of control. And that's kind of where it looks like. That's certainly what it looks like from the household survey. That's what it looks like more and more in some of the other data, the soft data from the ISM. That was a pretty big shocker, the employment index there. And there's been a number of things that it continued to move in that direction. It doesn't matter where you look at. It's, as almost as, it's almost as if GDP and the unemployment rate and the payroll report are the only things that suggest soft landing and that everything else has moved to the dark side. Right. Because if you look at the services PMI, right, if, if indeed the employment at 43 is telling us that services jobs are going away, that means those people are going to have less money to spend in the real economy when they hit unemployment, which tells us that over the next several weeks or more, we should be really watching those initial claims because if they start picking up, which again, we're told are not going to happen, but if they start picking up, this is yes, indeed, the layoffs have begun, and then the validation will be in the continued claims. Even though, Jeff, you know this pulled back a little bit to 1.855 million, that's still a pretty strong number of people sitting on continued claim. Now going into a labor market, if they're still looking for work, then employers don't want them, and they know it. So they're just saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to participate. If that number starts ticking back up too, then watch out because that tells us that's the final shooter drop here. The Fed completely missed the boat on this one. 
And there's another thing too, another factor to consider. Not only is it more and more statistics moving in the wrong direction, Steve, as you know this, the degree to which they're becoming wrong, like the ISM's uh, employment number down at 43. Well, if even if 43 isn't the exact right number, we don't have precision. We don't have that kind of precision available. It is low enough that it suggests beyond any reasonable doubt that some degree of labor cutting is happening. The same thing with the household survey. I don't think there was a one and a half million fewer full-time jobs in December. Maybe there was, but I don't think it's that bad, but it doesn't need to be. Even if it was off by half, 750,000 would be consistent with a pretty bad recession. It doesn't need to be one and a half million. So what we're saying is some of the statistics are becoming so bad that even if they're nowhere near what they appear to be on their face, it's still enough to say with reasonable confidence, yes, this downside of the business cycle is more and more apparent. It's so apparent that even Jay Powell can see it. And as you, as you mentioned, higher for longer, higher for longer, higher for longer. Interest rates need to be high. This is the most important thing in the world. Oh, never mind. That's how the Fed did it. They got something happened that they, the one thing that they pounded in everybody's head, they just abandoned it like it was nothing. Because in the end, everything continues to move in the cyclical direction. And it gets more, it becomes less ambiguous as we go through time here, which tells us the ending is not a soft one here, right? Because soft landings never happen. No, it tells us things are building up. Just like a snowball starts out really small at the top of the hill and just starts to pick up a little more snow. And if you're watching, you say, well, it's not that bad. Well, by the time it gets down to the bottom, you're like, whoa, I got to get out of the way of this thing. And I think that's what the Fed is starting to see is that, wait a minute, the momentum of the economy and the labor market is going the wrong way. If it was indeed going to be a soft landing, then you'd start to see some sort of balancing out here. And we're not seeing it. Powell's not seeing it. It'll be really interesting to see how he sells this to everyone at the next press conference because he's going to have to do some pretty strong backpedaling here to get everyone to believe that he's still in full control of this thing when we know he was never in control of it from the beginning. Yeah, I do have to wonder how he received some of these statistics, you know, because again, the household survey was a complete and utter train wreck, train wreck. And you have to believe that maybe he was sweating that a little bit. Maybe the Fed officials are sweating a little bit. But yeah. That's definitely the next step is to say rate cuts are nothing more than insure just just in the small, tiny case. We might need them. That's that's the next step here. Yeah. Oh, you oh, ready? The cat, the cat stayed. Oh, yeah. She's in the window. Oh, she's just hanging out like, well, who are you talking to? Yeah. Is it macro cat? <laughs> she's she's really never up here. Oh. Usually See, that's another way. indicator. When the cat gets into your office, it means the economy's bad. It's like, what's going on? I hear yeah. all sorts of stuff. <laughs>